0: Welcome to the field goals podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz on today's episode. I visit with Anthony Nockreiner and his show, the knock on sports each week. I go on his show to recap the Seahawks game, look ahead to next week's game, but this is the bye week So we are talking about the Seahawks and the Minnesota Vikings. Also talking a little bit about the NFC West and how that's shaken out so far. We also give our week six picks. So stay tuned for that. No injury report this week because the Seahawks have a bye week. So no need to talk about injuries until next week's show. But you're going to want to stay tuned for tomorrow's show on Friday. Tune in as I will be talking to Tyler Alson of Field Goals, his first appearance on the Field Goals podcast. We're going to be talking about his latest article, which grades some of the moves the Seahawks made in free agency, the draft, as well as through trades in the offseason and just how they're shaking out here through the first five weeks of the NFL season. So stay tuned for that. If you haven't subscribed already, sbnation.com slash NFL podcasts, get the episodes in your feed as soon as they come out. So without any more delay, here is my chat with Anthony on his show, the knock on sports.
1: Welcome back here to the knock on sports As we now discuss the NFL. Always a pleasure to have Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Join us on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline, just like he does every single week. And uh, Brandon, I'm going to start here, just like I asked you when I called you. Uh, what's it like, man? Five and O oh, going into the bye week. I don't know what this feeling's like.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's not a common feeling for Seahawks fans either. But you know, the the beer tastes a little bit better. The uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches just taste like you're having roast beef and uh, and the really fancy cheese. And so it's it's a great feeling that I I wish you could experience too, Anthony. I was about to say,
1: and this game was pretty close to you guys being four and one and giving Minnesota its second win. But once again, Russell Wilson was some magic at the end.
0: This was a roller coaster of a game. You know, Seahawks fans that I was watching the game with were uh, feeling down at halftime a little bit. But we had to remind ourselves that, you know, Russell Wilson is the quarterback of this team. And we've seen this in previous years. You go back to the 2013 Super Bowl season. There was a game against the Tampa Bay Bucs. That year where they were down three touchdowns and ultimately able to come back, win in overtime. They were down to the Texans that same year, 17 points, I think, at halftime, able to come back, win in overtime. So, you know, even in the good years, we see the Seahawks do these types of things where they just allow the team that uh, that they're playing to, to get out quickly. But I don't know if I've ever seen something quite like this game where they put... 21 points on the board in such a short amount of time but got out quickly but then allowed the Vikings back in it and then uh, gave us that last second uh, victory it was uh, it, it was a wild game to watch Anthony
1: Brandon you know defensively this team you know Again, touchdown just about every quarter, actually is every quarter here. Um, but again, made things difficult for the Vikings. So let's just start there. What do you think about your defensive effort, considering the fact that you guys were only down 13 to nothing, considering the fact your offense didn't score any points in that first half?
0: Well, I think, you know, in a big way, the Seahawks kind of owe their defense in this game for allowing to keep them in it. You know, that you mentioned the 13 points in the first half, a big part of that. Was due to Shaquille Griffin with the pass defense on the throw to Adam Thielen right at the end of the first half that led to the field goal and uh, kept it to 13 to nothing rather than to 17 to nothing that uh, it could have been. And then it was the defense, you know, getting the strip sack from Kirk Cousins to lead to the first touchdown, the interception by KJ Wright, the one-handed grab where he jumps up in the air and able to bring it down that, uh, that helps lead to another score too. So it uh, it really was some big defensive plays in this game, not to mention the fourth down stop that allowed the Seahawks to drive 94 yards in the final two minutes of the game.
1: I have to ask though, Brandon, because I've seen that play. If Madison goes one other direction and again, I know it's, you know, you know, if fans or buts, yeah. uh, you know, if this could have happened, um, but what what did you think about that as, as you watched that play develop?
0: Part of me was hopeful with the fact that I knew if they didn't make it, then the Seahawks, they had the opportunity to win the game in regulation. Uh, if they went for the field goal, then I just knew we were going to have to wait for overtime because you expect Russell Wilson to drive the field and get the two-point conversion and send it into overtime. So really, the the worst option of the three was that they would pick up that first down. And the way that the Vikings were running it, nearly successful on every single play of that drive. He had Madison running for 25 yards to kick off the drive right after the Russell Wilson interception. So it seemed I I can understand why the Vikings were going to go for it because they had so much success, not just on that drive, but throughout the game, whether it was Madison or Dalvin Cook.
1: Brandon, has DK Metcalf overtaken Tyler Lockett as the number one receiver on this team?
0: Well, in terms of Russell Wilson's eyes, maybe, but I still think when Russell is looking for some of those big plays, I, I think he may just have two number ones at this point. And it may depend on the the defense of the opposition kind of picking their poison as to which one they want to try and slow down, because I guarantee you the, the more that teams start to put additional guys on DK Metcalf, we're going to start to see Tyler Lockett get more involved. So. I'm hey, I nothing is makes me more happy than seeing DK Metcalf's emergence to allow Tyler Lockett to to get back in this and continue to be the, the target that we've seen from him over the years, too. So it, it's just really nice having both these players on the team. If they need one of them in a big moment, then I I still trust Tyler Lockett's hands a little bit more, because as we saw on that second end goal, where Metcalf, you know, initially it was called a touchdown. The other official came in and said that he dropped the pass. Uh, Adam said on the Seahawkers podcast this week that I've seen that he's seen Golden Tate possess the ball in the end zone for a lot shorter of a time than that and and seen it called a touchdown. So um, it was uh, it, it, it was an officiating call. I would have liked to see him hold on to it. But again, DK gets it on fourth down and gets the win.
1: Brandon, it's interesting uh, co- to go along with it. Cause we were talking about this last week, the, the abundance of weapons. Uh, we see Will Disley catch a touchdown pass. A big shout out to the Montana man yeah. uh, catching touchdown passes in Seattle. But at the same time, Greg Olson was added to this team. Hollister made some great plays last year. Obviously will Disley healthy can make plays from the tight end position. Haven't really heard much from Greg Olson. Not saying that the, the Seahawks mm-hmm. need to cut him or anything like that, but are you disappointed with what you've seen so far from Greg Olson in the fact that he's not getting a lot.
0: Uh, No, not at all. I think that what we've seen from Olson in previous games, we've seen him come up big on some key third down plays where Russell Wilson had to get a first down. We even saw him on a key fourth down play, I believe the previous week. So we've seen him in the key moments. I just don't think that he needs to be the productive hundred yard receiving game type Greg Olson that He was with the Carolina Panthers, and we've seen him in the blocking game, too. He was the one uh, along with Ethan Posick, who had key blocks on the backside of that Chris Carson uh, 29 yard touchdown run. So if he can be involved in the passing game as much as he is, you know, picking up big catches and and getting, you know, five, six catches for 60, 70 yards a game. I, I think that's right about where you would expect Russell Wilson or you would expect Greg Olson uh to to be connecting with russell wilson and then to to be an, an impact player blocking as well
1: uh brandon obviously without jamal adams once again here you go into the bye week here uh how do you feel about this team do you feel like it's a chance for them to really kind of get healthy here i know it's early week 6 it's not you know obviously granted it's not week 3 thank right. goodness <laughs> um but at the same time uh just this bye week coming at this point how do you feel about it
0: yeah, well, considering the injury to Jamal Adams, considering Quentin Dunbar, uh, I'd like to see him back out there and healthy because we've seen Trey Flowers be a little bit of a liability in coverage so far this season. There are some and there's some other players too that we haven't really talked about. Their second round pick, Daryl Taylor. Uh he's, you know, a pass rusher that they could use. Rasheem Green has been out to this point in the season and hoping that he gets back and healthy as well. So You know, have some reinforcements in the secondary, have some reinforcements on the defensive line. And, uh, you know, Philip Dorsett, who is a receiver that we still haven't seen yet this year, although continue considering the way David Moore has been playing and the rest of the receiving crew. I I don't know if anybody's really missing Philip Dorsett at this point. (laughs) Yeah, I was about to
1: say the way that receiving core is uh, getting all its work done. I don't know. Yeah, we will uh, actually see him unless it's like Tim, Bay Buccaneers situation where your top four receivers are just about out. And then, yeah, you might see him then uh, for the Seahawks. Uh, Brandon Schultz joining us here on the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Uh, here's the deal, Brandon. I mean, another one that was interesting as well, San Francisco, Miami. Miami, absolutely. Uh, tearing the doors off of San Francisco. You guys have a good lead going. Uh, Arizona, they looked a little better, obviously, coming against the Jets, but it's a Jets. Yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Uh, how do you feel about where things are stacking up right now as you guys get ready to start seeing those NFC West teams?
0: I'm excited to play the Cardinals uh, in the game coming up in two weeks. That'll be fun. And it'll be fun to play the 49ers too. I guess the one that I'm really curious about is how this team is going to show up against the LA Rams, because that has always been a battle between Seattle and LA and, and they're looking like the second best team in the division. I, I kind of took issue, though, with I think it was Adam Rank of the NFL.com who said that despite being four and one, that the LA Rams were the best team in the NFC West. And man, for a team that just beat up on a bunch of NFC East teams and then lost to the Bills, uh, that's that's awfully generous to, to give them the top spot in the NFC West.
1: Brandon, you're going to unlock some uh, uh, NFC least discussion here, ranting. Uh I will say this. I don't understand, especially the national guys. Okay, we are finally seeing everyone starting to make fun of the NFC least, which is fantastic. I think we need to be making fun of the NFC least more and more, especially considering how bad that division has been for the last couple of years. Uh, But with that being said, I don't understand this. Why do teams that are sitting at 4-1, like you just mentioned with the Rams and others that have seen these NFC least teams, good record, but nobody talks about it. It's like you, you guys have actually played some quality points. Like Minnesota, they're one and four, but that could easily be a two and two football team. Not saying that they get the win oh, yeah. against you guys. They but played everybody they
0: could- close. They scored 30 more points in, in almost all of those games that the Vikings have played. They're they're a good team. Yeah. And that's what I don't understand is why no people why more people aren't looking into
1: that is, is my <laughs> biggest gripe, considering what the NFC East is like what, two, three wins already, and that's because they played each other a couple times in the division already.
0: Well, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that the NFL headquarters is in L.A. Now they love the Rams. They want that team to work. And so they just ignore the fact that they beat up on all of those NFC East teams. And uh, yeah, it's it's disappointing that, uh, that they don't pay attention to that. But I think it's it's all about hyping the Rams.
1: Fair enough. Brandon Schultz, Missy and Field Goals podcast joining us. Coming up next, we'll make our NFL picks. Brandon Schultz joining us here for our NFL picks. I will have to admit, I forgot to tally our picks from last week, but I just say this, considering some of the games that we picked, Brandon, I don't think we had a good week. I'm I'm just going to start there.
0: (laughs) I have a feeling that this was not unintentional. Anthony, you ignored adding up the picks on purpose because we just wanted to ignore uh, how our picks were from last week because I just I have a feeling it wasn't pretty.
1: I was gonna say I do have a th- at least going into last week I had a three game lead on you. I kind of feel like that might have evaporated. Tampa Bay didn't deliver on Thursday night football, even though it looked promising when you and I were talking at this time last week. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> you, you might have me on that one.
0: Well, uh, I, I think I picked Tampa on that. I should have gone the other way, knowing that uh, you were going to pick the book. Bu- I, I did think that they were going to beat the Bears, and they nearly did. If you know, Tom Brady just doesn't forget. You know how many downs that he gets to that he gets to play on any particular drive.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. It's uh, we're going to have to just talk to him about, uh, you know, making sure that he doesn't forget this week because he can't forget this week against Green Bay. But we'll get into that game here in just a second. Uh, Houston at Tennessee. We had no Thursday night football, which is actually kind of weird, um, but no Thursday night football. Houston, at Tennessee. Who do you got, Brandon?
0: I am going to take Houston. I feel like this is going to be a letdown game after Tennessee is riding high coming off that that big win from this uh, from Tuesday.
1: I'm a believer in the Titans after seeing what they did to the Bills. Again, I know it's a strange uh, playing on a Tuesday night, obviously, for the NFL. So maybe that had a part to play and know Buffalo was also banged up a little bit. But Tennessee and Derrick Henry, man, they are, I think, for real. So I'm going to take uh, the Titans here for this one. Uh, Denver at new England, another one that's kind of, we picked this game last week. So (laughs) do we keep the same picks here, Brandon, or, or do we change it considering the fact it looks like cam Newton might be playing
0: cam should be back. And I think I was picking new England anyway. I am going to continue to pick new England. I, I, I I like him to win by more than a a touchdown in this game.
1: All right. So we're both going to take new England. We're going to keep our picks the same,
0: uh, Cincinnati at
1: Indianapolis. Who do you like?
0: I like Indianapolis in this game. Um, you know, they, they struggled a bit, but I think that is, is bro. Is he fully healthy? I, I think he is, but uh, I I'm going to take Indy anyway.
1: Yeah. I was just going to say the same thing. I'm going to take uh, Indianapolis as well. Uh, their defense is good. They're playing pretty well. So I'm going to take them to beat Cincinnati uh, Atlanta at Minnesota here. <laughs> Do you trust the Falcons now that they fired Dan Quinn? Does, it, does Minnesota finally catch a break? Yeah, that's that's the kind of question I have here for this game, Brandon.
0: Yeah, this is going to be a high-scoring game between two teams. I, I'm not fully on board that the Dan Quinn uh, removal is going to turn things right around for Atlanta. I think Minnesota and their ground game, they have a legit team, and I think they're going to start turning things around there in Minnesota.
1: And we go to the NFC Least, the Washington football team at the New York Giants.
0: This is an interesting game. I am going to go with the Giants, but I don't feel great about it.
1: I'm taking the Washington football team with the upset. Alex Smith gets his first win.
0: Ooh, you think he's going to be back in there? I thought they were going to go back to uh, uh, the other QB. Kyle Allen? Yeah, Kyle Allen. I, I thought I heard that.
1: I mean, he, maybe he did. I'm I'm just hoping that Alex Smith starts. I mean, I really wasn't paying <laughs> You
0: need before. to see that full circle redemption story. We talked about it last week, how we didn't even think Alex Smith would get in the game. But we saw him out there. And, and fortunately, we don't get the storybook ending of of him, you know, just crushing the Rams and defeat. That would have that would have been outstanding.
1: Yeah, that would have been fantastic. Uh, Baltimore at Philadelphia.
0: Baltimore at Philadelphia. I am feeling Baltimore in that matchup by I, I, that's. I don't know about Philadelphia, Anthony. <laughs> it's another NFC lease team. How yeah, can you feel- why? Why? Why would I have to pick that game? Why would I pick Philly? I
1: was about to say I'm not picking Philly here, Carson. I think Carson Wentz gets way
0: too much blame for the issues in Philadelphia. They have all kinds of issues on the offensive line, on defense. It's yeah, mm-hmm. it's a mess.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know why Carson Wentz is catching all the flack and all the blame for this. Uh, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Four and one. I think Pittsburgh's five and zero at this point. Or no, they, they, I think they missed one. So I think they're four and
0: zero, Right. Because they had the, they got a bye week because of the Tennessee situation. But right. I am going to take the Steelers over the Browns, even though the Browns, they're looking good. They were the one, they were the team that just beat Indy. And they kind of, they seem to have this ground game figured out, you know, pairing that solid ground game with Baker Mayfield but I think that Pittsburgh defense is just going to be a little bit too much for them to overcome and uh, big Ben pulls out the win.
1: Yeah. As I say, there's another game that I forgot that I lost uh, Cleveland beating Indianapolis. See, I now, think yeah. I
0: got that one on you, but I think you got me on another one. So we probably finished even.
1: Uh, let's see here. I'm going to take Pittsburgh with you. Chicago at Carolina.
0: Carolina is uh, man with Mike Davis. I am really liking that Carolina team. Chicago four and one are they legit? Oh, this is a tough game to pick. I'm gonna go Carolina. What the heck?
1: I'm gonna go with Carolina as well, just because I don't like Chicago right now. My spite <laughs> level for Chicago four and is one like-
0: just seems like it's too. Uh, they, they, they should be four and one that Chicago team. They need to come back to earth. Yes, they really do. They really freaking do.
1: uh Detroit at Jacksonville.
0: This is going to be an interesting matchup. Detroit uh, is a team that they're due for a win, I feel like. so, But, you know, it's hard to take uh, anybody over the mustache, right? Uh, put me down right. for Detroit. I, I'm, I'd like them to go on the road and get the win in Jacksonville.
1: I'm going to take the mustache here. I'm going to once again put my faith in Gardner Minshew. I think this is a game that definitely is, is winnable for the Jaguars. So I, I got Jacksonville here. The New York Jets at the Miami Dolphins.
0: <laughs> I will take the Dolphins. I will not take the Jets, I don't think, for the rest of the year. I think I said it on the show last week that I wasn't going to take the Falcons for the rest of the year. I, I think I have to put the Jets in that same category.
1: Question is, do the Jets win a game this year, do you think?
0: I don't know if they do. Because it kind they, of 16, It kind of feels like a mess there in New York. If they do fire Gase and put in Greg Williams, I do think that they win at least one or two games.
1: I know we're making our NFL picks, but this is, again, one of those things that really kind of irritates the crap out of me. Last week, we saw Dallas in New York in the four o'clock slot. Why is New the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins in the four o'clock slot in the afternoon?
0: Why, why, are they even, why would they even broadcast it on TV? Just put them in a high school field somewhere out east, let them play the game, and just tell us what happens.
1: agreed. Agreed. Um, obviously this one's got a lot of eyes to it. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady,
0: uh, no shock to you, Brandon, you know where I'm going. You are going with the bucks. So I will, I will put my pick behind Aaron Rodgers. I do feel like this is kind of a coin flip game, but, uh, I, I'm curious to see if Tom Brady can, can pull it out and get the win. I I'm kind of rooting for the bucks in this situation, but, uh, in in regard to pick them, I, I just don't think I can pass up. An opportunity to maybe get a win over you here.
1: What I'm really banking on here is Aaron Rodgers just plays like crap in Raymond James Stadium. So that's what I'm banking on here. Is that, <laughs> is he that a historical thing that happens? Yeah, because he, he. If you go back to 2010 or 2009, the Bucks were 0 and 8. They wore their creamsicles. Tampa Bay beat him then. Uh, you go back to a couple years later. He threw a couple picks, had a pick six. Tampa Bay won in that one when they were a, a bad football team as well. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers did beat us the last time he was in Raymond James. Uh, But again, it's not like he always plays clean. It's always a hassle for him when he plays at Raymond James Stadium.
0: Okay, well, I think maybe there's some value here in this discussion, Anthony, because people, they might be able to take this and and, uh, bet accordingly with this (laughs) matchup. You might you might have something on me here. We've also found out, though, why it's the Jets in Miami in the time slot. It's because everybody else is going to be watching the Green Bay Tampa game
1: which I'm looking forward to, going i be able to watch that national TV uh, Sunday night football, LA Rams at San Francisco. I'm taking the Rams here, Brandon.
0: I will take the Rams too. I am shocked to see that they're only a three and a half point favorite though, over the Niners after what we saw from San Francisco against Miami last week. But I mean, it wouldn't shock me if the Rams won like 35 to 10 or something in this game, but man, the way that, LA is being hyped up. I might actually be rooting for San Francisco just to get the win and and shut those folks up that think that the Rams are this hot team all of a sudden. But uh, I I have to go with the Rams in terms of my pick.
1: Well, and also too, if San Francisco wins, that would also give you what a two game cushion in the division.
0: Oh yeah, I guess that would be nice too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Going to Monday Night Football here, uh, Arizona at Dallas on Monday Night Football. Who do you got?
0: I am going to take the Cardinals, although I'm kind of rooting for Andy Dalton to get the win. And obviously it would be uh, to the Seahawks benefit as well for Arizona to lose. I just don't know with that Dallas defense. I I think that Kyler Murray and their offense is going to be able to carve up that defense and put enough points up on the board to get the win.
1: Monday Night Football, Kansas City at Buffalo was supposed to be the Thursday night game. What do you got?
0: I am waiting to hear who you're going to pick from Arizona and Dallas, and I will decide. Oh,
1: (laughs) I'm taking Arizona with you. (laughs) Okay.
0: well, You didn't give me a whole lot of time to make up my mind between these two teams in Kansas City and Buffalo. Uh, This is a tough game to pick. And after, I guess, what we saw with Buffalo and Tennessee, I've got to go with the Chiefs in this game.
1: I really kind of want to go Buffalo here. I really, really want to go with the Bills. Again, I was a little disheartened, but I don't think that was actually the, the Bills football team. I don't think that was anything of foretelling yeah. of what we're going to see going forward. I think this is going to be a good football team for the Bills. Uh, but, man, it really is tough. I don't know. Do you do you see what the Raiders do and then try and copy the best you can? It feels like Andy Reid will probably have an adjustment there, but it is so tough to see Patrick Mahomes lose. Two weeks in a row. I just don't think it's going to happen. So I'm going to take the Chiefs as well.
0: It does. But, you know, Buffalo, I think that they have a better defense than the Oakland Raiders. And I think they're also used to playing that style of football that the Raiders were able to implement to beat the Chiefs. So it wouldn't shock me if Buffalo got the win.
1: The question for me, though, is, is Tradavian White back? Because he was out in that Tennessee game. Mm -hmm. So if he's back, that helps with them for the corner.
0: Yeah. And Josh Norman has got his... um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> His ego hurt, uh, for, so we'll be. It'll be interesting to Please. see if if that shows up in the injury report this week.
1: Have you Just, seen Brandon the 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 photoshops that have been done with Josh Norman?
0: I mean, not um, all of them, because I feel like that that's all that I've seen in my feed are the various uh, the videos that have been photoshopped in from from that particular moment. But yes, it's uh, they're all good, and I will watch all of them. Tag me on Twitter at SeahawkersPod if you. Don't think that I've seen it. Send it to me because I want this.
1: I was about to say the favorite one I've seen so far is the one where they Photoshop Norman, like at the Fresh Prince of Bel Air house. You know when Jazz used to get thrown out by Uncle Phil, <laughs> they, they throw Josh Norman
0: out. I have not seen that one, but I like the one with um, oh, uh, where Josh Norman is the manager and uh, and uh, the running back has the Karen hair. <laughs>
1: That's a good one. I like that. It was pretty good. That's fun. Those are good. There are plenty, and I'm sure you can all find them on social media. Le'Veon Bell, the Kansas City Chiefs as well. I don't know if he plays a whole lot this week, but uh, I don't know. Let me ask you this question, Brandon. I know we got a few more minutes here, but do you think Le'Veon Bell actually moves the needle at all for the Chiefs?
0: I was a little bit surprised that he is actually going there, considering with Edwards I I thought that they were high on him, and I don't know. It kind of feels like a LaShawn McCoy signing at this point, and he didn't move the needle in KC, but um, yeah, we'll see. I Andy Reid, I I wouldn't, it, you know, if he goes there and just blows up in an Andy Reid's offense, it wouldn't shock me.
1: Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Brandon, if they want to catch the latest episodes of the podcast, how can they do that?
0: Yeah, check out our latest episode of the Seahawkers podcast at seahawkerspodcast.com. Search for it in Apple iTunes. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts and a new episode of Field Goals coming tomorrow with Tyler Alson. You can subscribe to that at sbnation.com/slash NFL podcasts. Brandon, always a
1: pleasure. Really appreciate the insight as well, my man. Looking forward to chatting with you again next week. Have a great rest of your night.
0: Always appreciate you having me on, Anthony. Go, Hawks.